welcome to Unwrapped, where my parents talk about stuff. Hello, hello. I'm actually recording this time. I have my friend Nicole in here with me. Hey! Um, and we're going to, I'm going to do a little interview of Nicole. Um, I actually did one already, but I pushed the wrong button. So we spent like an hour in here recording a great interview that you guys don't get to hear. So... <laughs> But there were, we, we realized Nicole likes practice, and we realized there were a couple of things that we needed to edit out anyway. Yeah, it's great. So, yeah, we took care of it. This we one just, will be even better. Yeah, it will be. Second time's the charm. Now, if I mess this one up, we're all in trouble. <laughs> we're all just going to go to bed. You're not getting this episode. All right, so obviously I, I um, introduced Nicole a little bit already, but um, she's a good friend of mine, um, her and her husband, Josh. Um, we met them in Life Group about a year ago. Um, and I well, it would be exactly a year ago now. We, uh, again, I, did I say life group or did I say small group? Because people don't... You said life group. Okay, not everybody it knows what life small group, group is. Yes, it means small group. Yeah. Um, so at our church. And, uh, I'll just let you finish since you know yourself better than I do. <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah, so I'm married to Josh and we have a little two-year-old boy. And, um... I'm excited to be here, so thank you for having me. This is very fun. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I was more excited the first time when I did, before I messed it up. Now, see, for you, practice makes you better. If I'm not off the cuff, I'm way worse. <laughs> so people are going to get a lot of ums and uh, and, but it's fine. They they all know me. They're, they're <laughs> used to that. Um, so you've already introduced us to your family, and um, I was going to ask you about what your degree field is, what your experience is, and what that what that looks like, what your education Yeah, so I uh, went to Truman State University in Northeast Missouri. I have my bachelor's degree in mathematics, and then stayed th at the same university for my master's, and my master's is in uh, education with a focus on elementary, so elementary ed, and um, I'm certified to teach, though, elementary, middle school, and high school math. And I have taught a variety of all of them. So I've taught a little bit of fourth grade, seventh grade, and all of the high schools. So, so which was your favorite of all of those? You know, it depends. I don't have one favorite. I have favorite things about each one and least favorite things about each one. Right. So, but I don't have a favorite. It kind of depends on... Uh, I, don't, I like switching it up. So, yeah. like, I've done middle school for a while now, so now I'm, you know gonna do a little bit of high school so I'm excited about that and just kind of that's right yeah have a lot of opportunities yeah so you're teaching high school calculus was it calculus yeah I'm gonna be subbing for um uh, several of the high school math subjects okay oh okay fun including fun. calculus yeah. yeah um so initially in this first interview you had mentioned um the philosophy of of Truman State, which I thought was mm -hmm. rather interesting. Mm -hmm. So go ahead and, and tell them about so, that. So um, at Truman State, you cannot get your bachelor's degree in education because their belief is that you should be an expert in the field that you're going to be a teacher in. So as a math teacher, I need to be an expert in math. And then I'll, um, after I've accomplished that, I guess got a degree in it, is their definition of accomplished, <laughs> um, then you get your master's in education. Okay. So it's kind of cool to like... Yeah. I, like, I didn't I just take a couple math classes, like, my degree is in mathematics, yeah. which is pretty cool, and it 
gives me a lot of other opportunities too if I wanted right. to do something outside of education. I really think that's really interesting, um, a really interesting philosophy because to really know the subject I think is so oh, yeah. important and it's just that's it's so yeah, yeah it's so important like even if I was gonna be an elementary school teacher like I took so many math classes and so I knew exactly why it was important to teach kids the certain way and there's not any new math. Right. <laughs> a lot of people in our generation think that there's new math. No, it's just a different way to say it, but the math is still the same. All math is new to me. <laughs> it's all a new experience to me, Nicole. Like, Henry was having me do um, division the other night, like fourth grade division, and I was like, mm, ask your dad. I don't want <laughs> to do this. <laughs> so, uh, what do you do now? What are you qualified for and what, what do you do? And I guess you can kind of discuss what you've done here in, in Sumter and um, what your career has looked like here in, the, in all of your time here. Um, currently, I um, am a stay-at-home mom is what I claim. Um, I have a couple side hustles, though. I teach with VIP Kid. So that means that I am teaching one-on-one -on -one English lessons via the video, the VIP Kids video chatting platform. Um, so I do that in the mornings, and then I also have my own tutoring business. It's called Nicole Barrard Tutoring, and you can find me on Facebook and Instagram and NicoleBarrardTutoring.com. So we'll plug there. Yeah. Um, so I do that as well, uh, and then take care of my little guy, Milo, all day. Um, before I had him, though, I was the seventh, a seventh grade math teacher at Alice Drive Middle School. Okay. So cool. Yeah. Um, so how many years did you teach here before you had Milo? Oh, I lose count because I started in March and then stopped in February. Okay. So it was like more than two, but okay. not quite three, I think. So no, it's three, not quite math. four. Oh my gosh, I don't know. This is really embarrassing. Yeah, don't even. I'm just agreeing with several, you. Several years. Because I'm not going to do the math at all. I'm not even going to approach it. So, so um, describe a typical day. Now, I had to go into uh, um, the description of VIP Kid. And I, I would like you to kind of describe what uh, VIP Kid is and, and just like when you're describing your day. Okay. So um, that's what I start my day with. I wake up at 4.45 every morning and then I start teaching at 5.30. I teach from 5.30 to 7. So that gives me three classes. So I teach three different students every morning. Each class is 25 minutes and I just teach them like whatever their lesson is for that day. VIP Kid has a set curriculum, a set, set of lessons that we work through. And I just, it's like a PowerPoint kind of thing. So I click through it and talk about it, ask them questions. What do you and your friends like to play? And then they have to answer and then I correct their answer if there's any mistakes or... How um, old are just, these kids? Um, ages four to like 14. Okay, so yeah. good age range. They say five to 12, but I've had a four-year-old and I've had a... 15 year old so okay. yeah. yeah but most most of them around like 9 to 12 okay um which is kind of that's the where I, the area that I work with the most so yeah it's kind of fun so I do it is really fun <laughs> um it's really early but you just be silly with them and entertain them because you have to be entertaining through a computer screen well, so it's very that. high energy you're good at cool. being entertaining to kids I mean my kids were breaking in, in here to the office to see it. they're like I want to play with that girl <laughs> and, and Jordan was like you know it's Milo's mom like, you know <laughs> you know who it is I want to play with that girl <laughs> well that's where the elementary school 
you know, training yeah. has helped me a lot yeah. uh, in with VIP Kid. So I do VIP Kid from 5.30 to 7 every morning. And then from 7 to about 8.15, I do quiet time. And then 8.15, Milo's up and ready to start the day. <laughs> and most of the time, we get out the door and do some kind of, like, exercise, workout, run, bike, walk, stroller, bike trailer, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, get back. Uh, I do school with Milo every day, just a little, like, 30 to 40-minute lesson activity kind of thing. Right. Um, and then take a shower, and we eat lunch, and then it's nap time. And during nap time, I get all the things done that I hadn't done yet, you know? <laughs> Cleaning, picking up, computer time, emails. Right. Um, and I also cook dinner during nap time because that's the easiest. And, and then Josh gets home a little bit after that. We spend a little bit of time together, and I tutor again. So I tutor from 5.30 to 8 most nights, and on Mondays and Wednesdays I have, like, a little extra um, homework help hour that starts at 4. So okay. on yeah. Mondays and Wednesdays I, t- I work from, like, 4 till 8, yeah. which is crazy. It's a long so, day. Yeah. It's a long day. But I did want you to mention the homework help hour, mm-hmm. and I forgot to ask you about that. Um, so it's just such a good thing that I didn't press record the last time, Nicole. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I'm so professional. I don't know. You we know, got this. Yeah, I'm going places, obviously. Um, so, that typical day when she was talking about exercise and getting outside and stuff is um, we all, like, I, I walk with another girl mm-hmm. in the neighborhood and we always run into Nicole. She's always out, but she always is like, I have to run because she's training for a triathlon. I this am. It is coming up in a few days. Yes. So, I'm nervous. My yeah. first triathlon. Yeah. We were talking about yeah. it, and I just, I don't know. I was saying that the swimming would really trip me up. Yeah, swimming so, is my weakest. Yeah. So I've had to spend a lot of time in the pool, which is hard, because yeah. you can't really where do that with go? a kid. Um, to Sumter Aquatic Center, okay. and that's yeah. where the actual race is held. So okay. I was like, okay, I feel comfortable here. I could try this thing. Yeah. So, so I how many laps it. is it in the pool exactly? It's six down and backs. I don't know anything about swimming. So you go down and I come mean, back, and I count that as one. Okay. And there's six of them. That's a lot. Yeah. yeah it's like, like a 300 yard swim for those of you who like no swimming. No swimming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have a couple of friends that listen that do. Um, they were swimmers in high school, and so they they know the lingo. I yeah. I always admired them. They looked really fit and yeah. stuff. I mean, it it doesn't sound. It sounds like a lot kind of, but it really doesn't take that much time. Like, I timed myself a couple days ago, and it took me, like, seven and a half minutes with a few, with a break. So, I know you're like, oh, I can swim for seven minutes, but it's like, whoa. We (laughs) talked about my swimming experience. (laughs) It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah, that lap swimming stuff, I've tried it, I tried it, Jordan and I were just goofing around at our community pool one time when we were in high school, and we did down and back, I'm like, no. Who would do this? Like, no. <laughs> Leave me on land. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I can doggy paddle with the best of them, and, like, I cannot drown, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to do mm-hmm. it. I'm not going to race anybody. It's <laughs> not going to happen. It's... Yeah, I'm kind of, like, near the back. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm going to be on the slower end of things. Again, I admire them. They're great. I love watching it in the Olympics. That's, yeah. But, you know, power to them. <laughs> but, no, and um, we had kind of talked about uh, running a marathon one day, but we, I just think the time, the, the oh, amount the time of time to train. In it. 
That's the hard yeah. thing about it. Because it would be, even when you were just practicing, it would be like mm-hmm. two hours of, of invested yeah. time. And with kids, it's just not really feasible. And I mean, especially if we, we I trained for a half marathon with Milo right. and he ran it. I mean, he didn't run it. <laughs> he was one. Um, he. <laughs> that's wow. That's a powerful kid you got there. <laughs> <laughs> he sat in the stroller while my husband and I ran it together. And right. he, so he did train. I mean, I he had to train to him to sit in the stroller for that long. So to train with kids would be very, very difficult. Right, yeah, I think so. I think so. And especially so, my goal, so randomly, we're not here to talk about me, but, you know, as an Enneagram 1, sometimes an Enneagram 7, I have to talk about myself. So um, I was actually, one of my goals was to run a marathon, like, prior to last year. And, I mean... It, a full? Yeah, like a full was, cool. um, so throughout 2018... Um, so the beginning to the end, before the year was up, that was my goal. I had a stroke in May of 2018, a TIA. So I, yeah, obviously that threw a, re- threw a wrench in my marathon plans. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, um, yeah. And then I had a baby. So yeah, after that, it's hard to like t- <laughs> two big life events. Yeah. <laughs> so the marathon's on the back burner for now. Yeah. And I was just thinking like breastfeeding is what I was thinking is, yeah. I can't imagine how that would work. You'd have to pump and give a bottle. Yeah. Um, but okay. So the reason that I, one of the reasons that I had Nicole on was because, um, she's obviously a woman and she's obviously involved in, in math, which, um, is a STEM type, it's a STEM field. And, um, the STEM type fields, uh, traditionally are male dominated. Um, and we had kind of talked about, we had kind of we have both been um, kind of stumbling upon material that was talking about women in STEM. And uh, I had listened to a podcast with Bill Nye saying that uh, your introduction to uh, algebra courses kind of determines your interaction with STEM for the rest of your life if you mm-hmm. go into a STEM-related field. And so a lot of girls get really discouraged going into Algebra one. Um, in junior high or high school, and then never interact with it again because either a teacher has discouraged them or they just are not keeping up with their peers, and so they lose confidence. Um, and so there just aren't as many women in STEM fields. And so I thought it would be interesting to have her come on and talk about this topic um, as she does have a lot of experience <laughs> with it. Um, and she's also really passionate about it. I love to hear her talk about math because she really, really is passionate about it. And she makes me excited about it. And then, you know, I'm, I'm like excited why she's talking about it. And then I'm like, mm, no, I'm not doing that. As soon as we leave this room, I won't do any math. I just want you well, to Well, I won't either right but, now today. But today. tomorrow. But she does. She just, she gets me fired up about it. And that's very hard to do because I hate math. And I say that in the most endearing way, but uh, did you have an interest in math as a, as a child at an early age? Not specifically that I remember. I, I was the kid who always did good in school. So like it, I did good. I did well because I did well in school. Um, I don't specifically remember anything really before like the middle of high school. Uh, I remember the middle of high school, my algebra two class, I had a couple friends in it, and they were like, I don't get this. And I was like, oh, like, I'll help you. Let me help you. And so I did that, and then uh, th- I continued that a little bit. Like, I didn't help them in a bad way. Let me just say that. Like, <laughs> I didn't cheat. I did not cheat. No, but, like, I re things and stuff. But, um, and then I, I had a great teacher as a, uh, a senior in high school for calculus. And after that, I was like, okay, like, 
I, I like this. This is like a challenge. This is hard. This is fun. Like I like a challenge. And so I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to major in math. Cause that sounds hard. That's kind of one of the reasons why I first chose it. That did not last for, that was not the reason why I stayed in math, but, um, yeah. So I it just kind of, I guess developed as I got older. It wasn't right. like a thing that I knew when I was little. Right. I think for me it was the opposite. I got discouraged because I just I I wasn't I wasn't good at it. And if I'm not mm-hmm. good at something the first time, I'm not going to really continue mm-hmm. to try it. I just there's I just like to stick with what I know. So you saying you see it as a challenge to me, it would have been like I'm not doing. I like a good challenge in an argument. I, you know my my opinions being challenged, my thoughts being challenged, but my abilities being challenged mm-hmm. I don't that t- what, what is your Enneagram what do you well have you not taken the official I one yet? I, I did okay oh no not the official one no not the ready um and I forgot <laughs> I think it's either three or five yeah or I like both like both kind of one or the other I took several of the different free mm-hmm. tests and I think that was some of them yeah. with a little bit of one thrown in so yeah I could see, I could see that a little bit. Yeah, boy, this is interesting to dissect. <laughs> I'm not sorry. I don't know. I'm not no. I'm not like the Instagram's having a huge blow up moment. Jordan gets furious with me because I'm I'm just I just enjoy it mm-hmm. as a hobby. I really think it has literally no truth to it whatsoever. But <laughs> but that's just because I think none of these 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 personality tests. I mean, to me, it's like you're deciding who your Disney princess is. Like, it's just, you know, there's only so much you can go with it now. Enneagram experts are going to jump on me and, and kill me over it, but because I just said that. But um, I do think it's interesting. There are, mm-hmm. you know, there are a lot of things that I do recognize with the Enneagram. I've actually talked to an Enneagram expert, like, on the phone. I'm going to try and get her on here. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, because it is having a big yeah. moment right now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I just, I think I'm every type. I still haven't decided. We we officially decided I'm a one-way nine, and I still have not decided if that's what I want to go with. I would like to choose my <laughs> own personality. <laughs> because, you know, I have some narcissistic traits. I'd really like to decide who I am, what I am at any given moment. Um, so what was your educational experience like? We talked about how you, um, as a child, it just kind of was like a gradual, mm-hmm. gradual climb into math and you decided that you, that you wanted to pursue it. So what was educational experience like after high school? You kind of talked about calculus in high school, but yeah. what was it like? What was education like in college and what was your social life like in college? What did you um, So in college, I obviously took a lot of math classes, um, which I enjoyed. They were good. Um, were they majority male? Yes, yeah. yes, they were majority male. Um, not overwhelmingly like you might expect. Mm-hmm. I was trying to think about that earlier today. It was, I would say, in my freshman and sophomore year, it was probably like 60 40. Okay. Um, 60% male, 40% women. Um, and then in some of my later ones, it, it was probably more like 70 30, I would say. I always remember having friends who were girls like to sit next to and to do my homework with yeah. and stuff. So I. It wasn't like I was ever the only girl in the class. I never had that feeling. Right. And I just didn't really, honestly, think about it that much. I was just kind of like, Doing okay, like, thing. I'm just, like, this is what I'm going to do. So yeah. um, here I am. So I'm, I'm taking this class. Um, yeah. It, <laughs> oh, another thing I wanted to say, too, is, like, in, I think everyone, in some point in their math career, hits, like, a wall where they're just like, <gasps> oh my gosh, I can't do it anymore. And they like freak out because 
all of a sudden they used to be good at math and then all of a sudden they're not anymore. For and me it was kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like the world is ending. Right. And I feel like everyone has that point in a math career at some at some time at some point um many, many kids hit it in algebra one which is yeah. interesting yeah well because you said mm -hmm. the thing about bill nye um or a lot of a lot of more higher achieving students hit it in calculus in high school um or college and something and i would say i hit that wall like several times but then I, I, w I went on to take like two more classes that were along the same lines after that. Okay. Um, well, you had said too, I don't know if it was in this in your interview or the one I screwed up, but you said that, um, that you, one thing builds to the next, and that's sometimes how you encourage kids, oh, yeah. is that one thing kind of builds to the next, and so this might, you might not fully understand the purpose of what you're learning right now. But it might roll over into something that you enjoy or something mm -hmm. that you do understand better later. So it builds upon things. So it's interesting. Yeah, so even that. when you hit the wall, like, you still have to work through it. Like, you have to, I mean, to continue on in your math career, you, you got to figure it out. So that's kind of what I do as a tutor is, like, to help kids, like, because they come to a tutor because they've probably hit a wall, yeah. right? And so I help them, like, get past that. And so mm -hmm. it, it's it's fun to be able to like be on that side of it and even though yes I majored in math like I still know what it feels like to not understand something because that happens to me too right so. yeah it happens to me anytime I approach any math <laughs> um so are you an enigma in your family or are there other family members that are, are mathematically inclined um my aunt Tanya is mathematically inclined I remember that she always had a career in math and so I was like oh, cool, like, she does math, and, like, I like math, too. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> Jordan's more of the mathematically and kind of, of us, and, and he's always just been really naturally good at it. And I remember one of our teachers in high school, Jordan is, unless you get the ball rolling and tell him what to do, he just is so stagnant. Like, he just, he's so content just not doing anything, and I'm just so the complete opposite. I have to be doing something all the time. So, this teacher said, uh, she, she taught me, she taught me math as well, and was like, I was like, yeah, Jordan, Jordan's really smart at this. This obviously isn't my gift, which she very well knew at that point. And she was like, yeah, I think he's, you know, that whole family's just really good at math. They're so smart. She's like, someone just needs to light a fire under his butt. And I'm like, yeah. And lo and behold, I'm that person. And I've been struggling for 15 years of relationship to light that fire. It's happening. It's just very slow. Very slow. Slow burn. Yeah, slow. But um, so something interesting about Nicole is that she's traveled around a lot. It's a huge part of her early experience, like her early um, after career. college experience. Yeah, yeah her, her early in my experience. career, and and part of her marriage as well. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of been been a lot of traveling. Um, so where all have you traveled and lived? Um, and what did you do while you were in those mm -hmm. places, and what were those experiences like? Yeah, so uh, after I graduated with my master's degree, I knew I wanted to travel and teach and do mission work. So I moved to South Korea um, with not knowing anybody who was going to, like, be there. That's <laughs> I mean, I, I, I knew someone was picking me up at the airport. Like, I don't mean that. But, yeah, but like, I didn't know them personally yet. Yeah, so um, how did that work? Were you meeting, like, a... Uh, I don't know what would you call it a contact there or what was I mean it? it was like the school director like okay. I, was, I was so I worked at an international Christian school did you school. live of, uh, 
somewhere that you chose or like in... no they provided that okay. for me okay gotcha yeah. so otherwise that would have been yeah. yeah way too hard to figure yeah, out it's like for a sure new college grad in a totally different country yeah um so now I was like a missionary teacher at uh, an international Christian school in Korea and I taught high school math so like all of them in English let me just clarify that <laughs> I did not teach math in Korean it was an English speaking international school very cool. So, and cool. so, um, in Korea, I did that. And then after, um, well, I met my husband in Korea, yeah. which is great. And after that, after we got married, um, we moved to the Azores, which is an island arpeggio in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> it's like a thousand miles off the coast of Portugal. It's, it's Portuguese. Right. And 2000 miles off the coast of New York. So it's not tropical. Think like chilly, cold, rainy, wet, windy island. That's really interesting yeah. to me. Yeah, and it's like a small, it's Beautiful, like a small though. place. Yeah, and it, she was saying it was like a six-month honeymoon because it was. Um, it was just like this beautiful, they could wake up and see the ocean, which I think is just, yes. that's amazing. Um, so I, Port, I was going to ask you, does Portuguese, do, does Portugal own the island? I know you said they speak Portuguese there. Yes, it's, it's part them. of the Portuguese. Portugal, the country Portugal. of... It's part of I the know, country of Portugal. I did that, too. I was like, is, do, does Portuguese own yeah. it? <laughs> that's not right. <laughs> but, yeah, I think that's so interesting. So then you move from there to... To Sumter, okay. and that's where we're at now. So, um, and when we got to Sumter, we um, ended up in the middle of the school year, like in February or March, and I got a, I got a teaching position in the fourth quarter. Of the school year, which is just, like, crazy. Like, what? I did not think I would get a job. So God provided for sure, but also I think it speaks to the teacher shortage that yes. South Carolina is having as yes. well. Yes. And the, so. the first interview, I totally insulted her and said, um, I was like, yeah, they're desperate. And it made it sound like, yeah, they'll take anyone, Nicole. They will take anyone they hired you. But no, I meant there's a, there's a huge teacher shortage. Is, Mostly in is. just the South right now, but really everywhere. Um, and this state especially is really struggling um, to find teachers. So uh, I, I was also going to mention that this is so crazy. But when we had started Life Group, yes. Jordan had, could not put his finger on where he recognized Josh and Nicole from. And he was like, I just, I know their faces. I don't know what it is, but I know those people. And I was like, he does this all the time. So I was like, no, you don't. Like, you're, you're thinking, you're comparing them. You know, he saw somebody on a TV show, and he'll be like, I, I know this person. I'm like, no. They looked similar to, like, I don't know, you know, Mariska, Mariska Hargaday or whatever her name is on Law & Order. Like, that's who you're you're recognizing. But he was like, no, no, I know these people. And he's like, I know who, I know what it's for me. I saw them in Korea. So while he was over there for a little while, mm -hmm. a friend of ours had recommended that he go to Hospitality House at Cadence International. It's a ministry mm -hmm. of Cadence International. And um, so funnily enough, she met her husband there. You met Josh yes. there. And she recommended that Jordan go while he was over there. And that's where he recognized and he had met you guys there, like, briefly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when we had gone to our small group, and he was, he just knew that he knew these people. So it was just it's crazy. Small it world. Is. It's Such a really a small, small world. world. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, shout out to Cadence, though. We <laughs> yeah, shouted them absolutely. out because it's a really cool ministry. It's not just in Korea. It's they not. They have a bunch of places. They're um, in all over the world. Yeah, I had a friend who, her dad worked with one in Brazil, I want to say, or mm -hmm. something like that. It was in Latin America, I believe. And I think it was Brazil. But don't quote me on that because I don't know if I have a couple friends in Germany. Okay, so it's like all over Europe and everything. Um, so that was kind of cool. 
but do you think that your travel experience has have have shaped you and your comfort level as an educator? Do you think it's made you more comfortable with other cultures? Do you think it's opened your eyes? Well, yeah, definitely. Uh, because of my time in Korea, I was teaching students whose first language might or might not be English. So I was teaching a lot of like English as a second language learners. They call them like ELL, ESL, um, and that helped me to do what I'm doing now, teach with VIP wow. Kid, because I'm teaching Chinese students English. Wow. I wasn't an English teacher in Korea, but um, there's definitely a lot of parallels and a lot of that kind of helps. Mm -hmm. So that definitely has been beneficial, and I can see it being beneficial sometime in the future as right. well. Um, and then just understanding what it's like to be the minority. Yeah. Um, when you're like the only person who looks like you, you know, on the subway or at the bus stop or something, it's like, or in the grocery store, and they're like, whoa, what's she doing here? So I understand what that feels like, right. which um, can just help you be compassionate to oh, people yeah. who are in that situation here in America. Right, right. which I think is like a huge, um, well, obviously Nicole and I are both white, but I think that's a huge, um, oh man, that's a huge gap for most people in America. Mm -hmm. It, it, we're so used to just being the majority. We have no idea what it feels like to yeah. be a minority. So, um, the, traveling in general, I think should. I don't know. I mean, if you have the money to travel to a different country, oh, yeah. which not all of us are fortunate enough to have that kind of experience, but to be able to to experience things as a minority is just that's just so hugely yeah, beneficial. It's very um, humbling experience for sure. When you're like, when you have to rely on someone else to call the plumber for you, right. and you're like. I don't know or like you you don't even know how to get your own water because you have to call someone to have it delivered so you oh, have yeah. to have someone else make that call so you can get more water like yeah. it's humbling oh, yeah. for sure yeah and not everybody gets to experience that and I think you know like you were saying as an educator mm -hmm. that's that's beneficial um so this is one of my favorite questions because you answered it so eloquently um do mathematics express and confirm the gospel in your opinion, and if so, how? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think by studying mathematics, it is a, a way that you can wonder at the greatness of God, which is just so cool. That's something our church has been talking a lot yeah. about recently. And I don't know if you ever have thought about this, but math is um, a way to, math represents the world around us. It models what we see in nature and what we see, what's going on and things like that. And God created the world around us. And so he is like created math. Like God is the inventor of mathematics. So you're like, okay, cool. God made math, whatever. But like, th really think about it even more. Like, okay, I know some math. I have a degree in it, but I don't know very much math. And so I feel like I don't know very much math. And there's so much more to learn, and God already knows it all. And not only does he know it all, he invented it all. He came up with all of it, which is just... Mind-blowing. Yeah. Amazing. Like, yeah. wow, he is so great, yeah. you know, and so omniscient. Right. And because he's omniscient, I, I heard this said um, a few weeks ago, that omniscient means God is all-knowing. So if he knows everything already... God cannot learn something new, like, because he already knows everything there is to know. Isn't that just it is. crazy? <laughs> I hit the mic, sorry. <laughs> so that's just, like, so crazy to think about. Like, 
he already knows everything. He's not going to like sit over some mathematician's shoulder and be like, oh, so that's how you prove this thing. Like, no, God already knows it. He already made it. He knows all and everything. He has no need to learn anything else. He has no need to um, like grow or mature because he already is perfect and complete, immutable. Right. Yeah. It's so cool. It is really cool. Um, and I think that the fact that God reveals math to people, it's, I think that's, that's what interests me about it now mm-hmm. because it doesn't, I mean, I, again, I have a difficult time finding interest in it just because you know, it just was, it's just difficult for me. It's just not, mm-hmm. it does not come naturally to me. So I think that's, that's something that interests me about it is that it is a way to touch the mind and heart of God by doing math. Yeah. I mean, this is, he made math. He created, um, codes and functions and, and just, he's the original coder. I mean, to, yeah. to think that that's a way to touch the mind and heart of God is very interesting to me. That's what interests me about it. Other than that, <laughs> I'm lost. <laughs> Which is also neat to think like he created our minds to be rational. He right. created us as rational beings who can process logical arguments and proofs and, you know, come up with reasons for things. It's just that he created us to be able to do math. He created us to be able to solve problems. Like, that's so cool, too. It is. It is what a grace cool. of God. You've got me excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, you get me fired up about it. It's just, I won't do anything with it. That fire will quickly die out as soon as I see a math problem. I love I love to see the big picture of things. People can get me excited real quick. It's just, mmm, when I approach it. <laughs> Maybe you can be a little bit less like, mmm, next time you... See some fourth grade yeah. long fourth division. Grade long division. I was like, I forget how to do this. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> like, I forget. It's okay. Yeah. No judgment. I mean, I kind of forgot some long division too. Yeah. I had to take year. one math course in college. One. And that's it. So, and that was, that, that filled me in. I'm good. I'm only, <laughs> I don't want to do another one. We were looking up electives to finish out and I'm like, mm-mm, not math. Anything but this, this, or this. Um, so... What is your very favorite part of what you do now, tutoring? Mm -hmm. So my favorite part of tutoring is like the responsibility, no, not responsibility is not the right word, but the um, opportunity I get to help students when they are struggling at some of their like hardest points in maybe their school or math career at some point. Um, And to be able to like, walk with them through that and give them, you know, encouragement and not just encouragement, like, oh, you can do it. I mean, I I do say that, but also like very practical help in in the math instruction. And then also the encouragement and the compassion that goes along with that, because they, a lot of times I get parents like freaking out, like, oh my gosh, like my child is going to fail. They're never going to be able to do anything ever again. What are we going to do? (laughs) My world is ending. And I'm like, take a step back, let me help you, and and I can just, like, I'm the one who can help them through that difficult time, which is cool. And you so, used the word vulnerable yeah, before, and I think, yeah, that I never... It's I, a very vulnerable yes. spot to be in when you have to ask someone for help because you have no idea yeah. what's going on. For both the parent and the student. Yeah. Because a lot for of parents sure. are like, I, I can't help anymore. Like, can yeah. can you help? And to have that trust of the parent that I will help their kid like yeah, it is. and mm-hmm. in a positive way like 
that is definitely something that I do not take lightly. Yeah, I mean, hitting that wall, like you had discussed earlier, hitting that wall, I think as a, as a young student, that would have benefited me immensely if someone had encouraged me in that mm -hmm. way and led me through things in a gentle way, and which I know that you do. Mm -hmm. I don't think Nicole has an ungentle bone in her body. Now, people that know you far better than I do might, might argue that. I don't know. I don't know. Have you ever been, ever been aggressive in any way? Like, so angry I mean, that you got I'm really a, mad. I'm pretty competitive. So. Oh, I could see. I could see yeah. that, but I think that comes out probably when you're racing or doing something like that. Or games, you know. Eh, yeah. yeah, it can come out in lots of ways. Yeah. Not yeah. not the best thing, maybe. I, I mean, no. Competitive people, I love it. It's great. It's like to, I, I like to watch competitive people. I'm not competitive. Yes. We discussed how I just goof around and ruin games <laughs> for people because I take no time to learn them. Even if I do, I forget instantly because I just lose interest so quickly. I just want to goof around and make jokes. That's it. And it just drives everybody nuts. Like, Tanya is very competitive, too. Yes. Um, our mutual our mutual friend of ours is, is quite competitive. And we won the first life group challenge. Just we did. Saying. We're going to win it again this year if there is a challenge. If they do the same thing this year, we're going to win. I, just, I didn't contribute at all, but we're going to win. <laughs> I did. I'm not competitive, and I really got into that. Good. I really enjoyed that. Fun. I even ate some of the chili. That was my contribution. I ate some of the chili cook-off chili <laughs> and enjoyed it. But no, I didn't compete. Did you do any of the games? Yes, yeah. I did a couple of them. You won mm -hmm. a couple. You won a couple for our team. There was something about cups. Yeah. Stacking cups. Oh yeah, that, you were the cups. Putting them out of the line. Oh, blowing them. Like you had. Oh, you had to blow up a balloon. Yes. And then I had to keep the air in the balloon, and then. Point it at a red solo cup, and I had to blow off as yes, many of yes, the table as I could. I remember that. And you won That's that one. That's what I did, yeah. We, we just have so many talented, competitive people. <laughs> Minute to win it games yeah, for I'm the win. One. I cheered from the sidelines. You got my cheer. Cheerleading. Yes, good. Yeah. Um, so how do you think girls can be encouraged to pursue math in general? But STEM, STEM um, like science, and what, is, what does STEM stand for? Science, technology, engineering, and math. Okay. And a, a new thing that's coming to is like STEAM. Okay. Where they add so the A in, and that, that means art. Okay, yeah. gotcha. So pretty all much right. just like all the things. Okay, so that's the, that's why it's that's... It's like alphabet soup. Yes, okay, gotcha. I would never have... I haven't heard the STEAM. Well, E-STEAM. Yeah. They did the E-STEAM yeah, Festival. Yeah, mm -hmm. So... STEAM's a new thing, so... Yeah, I haven't... Yeah. I'm not even... I'm still on that old times... I'm not, I haven't moved forward okay. yet. I'm old-timey. We'll get some art in there. Yeah, I'm a baby boomer. <laughs> old-timey. Does anybody even say old-timey anymore? Sometimes I say stuff and I'm like, where did you learn to talk? Like, it, we're both from the Midwest, but you don't talk as opie as I do. I don't know. You don't know? Some of the words I say, I'm like, what is wrong with you? I don't, my parents don't talk that way. I have no idea where it comes from. Picked it up somewhere along the way. Yeah, so I don't know how, but oh, obviously. Oh, so girls in STEM. Yes, yes girls yes. in STEM. Um, I think, like, being able to see women in those kind of careers or in that kind of field, having a role model, which is hard to say when they're in schools, which is why... I mean, maybe women math teachers are good, I, you know. Um, and then I think another thing for students to be encouraged to do STEM is to show them how it's relatable to real life. Like, where are you actually going to use this? And what impact does it have on um, how you do things, how the routines you have in life or the technology you have or the how does it relate? So I think having role models 
and understanding the purpose behind it right. will would definitely encourage more yeah. girls to be involved. In it would have encouraged me a lot. I don't think I had I had one um, one well two female two female math teachers. <laughs> And it was a mother and a daughter. So I had the daughter in elementary school and the mom in high school. It was a small town. Um, but, and they were, they were great at what they did. I mean, they were, they were great at, I just, again, was very concerned with goofing off. That was pretty much, we, yeah, you, you did not get in trouble in high school or probably, I was in trouble from elementary school onward. I mean, I'm talking like in the hall every, all the time. Any, a lot of people listening to this, a lot of my friends from back home will be like, did have so many memories of me getting in trouble and it drove Jordan nuts because he's a lot like you and would have died and been humiliated you know every time that I got in, in trouble and if I almost gotten him in trouble he would cut me off man he still will if I almost get him in trouble he will cut me off like he doesn't even know me like he he just will go the opposite direction not even he'll be like I don't know who that girl is but <laughs> like he throws wedding band at me <laughs> no he doesn't do that <laughs> But yeah, no, no, he do, he doesn't like getting in trouble either. So, um, what do you think a significant current challenge is to educators or um, even tutors in general? But just I think probably teachers in general, since uh, the climate's pretty tough for teachers. I think. Oh man, there's so many things you could point at about the educational system. Um, I'm gonna speak a little bit more about like just my personal experience recently as because I've been out of the classroom as a full-time teacher for like the last two and a half years. Um, but I've been doing a lot of tutoring and I see a different side of it than you do as a teacher. As a teacher, you still deal with parents, but as a tutor, you deal with them in a little bit different way. Mm -hmm. So um, what I've noticed, especially this year, is like the parents' opinions that are projected onto the child right. um, are not always helpful or positive. So I think that is one of the biggest negative influencer influences right. in particularly being successful in math because right. that's that's what I see. So um, do you think they're, like, they're driving them a little too hard? Do you think there's a lot of high expectations or? Oh, I think it's a, there's a lot of things. So um, it, it, some of it, so I've seen a lot of different things. So I've seen like parents who are like oh you know they're horrible at math so that's why we have to come to you well when you say your child's horrible at something it's kind of like a self-fulfilling prophecy right okay if you're going to say they're horrible they're going to be horrible yeah but if you have the growth mindset that they can do it if they just take the time to learn and put hard work in then they will do that too mm -hmm. so i think a lot of how you speak about them and to them is right. kind of Absolutely. like directs yeah. their path and then Another thing that um, you got to be really careful of as a parent is you can have the p opinion that the teacher is not very good, and a lot of times you might be in the right. right. I'm going to say that. Yeah, you might. You might be right that the teacher's not good, but if you're telling your kid that over and over, oh, you're not doing good because your teacher didn't teach you, and I don't understand why they're doing it this way, that's not helping your kid because then they go to the class and they're thinking those thoughts about the teacher and they're not, that's not going to be a person that they're yeah. going to learn from eat no yeah. matter if they're good or bad. Like if that's what they're thinking, that's going to hurt them. Mm -hmm. So you got to be real careful as a parent, like how much you let your children know about your opinions mm -hmm. that 
at least about educator. Or the, yeah. The, yeah. That you need to show that you respect start. their teacher, yeah. whether they deserve it or not. Because that's the kid who's, that's the person who's with your kid, like, a lot during right. the day, you know, which is, which is. There has to be some You got to be careful. Though. You just got to, you just got to, like, you know, have the self-control and just, like, understand how it could be impacting your child when they're in that classroom. Right. So be, you got to be careful about that. And then um, another thing, too, is <laughs> I'm going to step on your toes. I'm sorry. Do, do it. <laughs> when you say you can't help your kid, like, <laughs> you, there are still ways you can help them, yeah, I, mean, I think. Probably. <laughs> yes, so, I agree. So I think, you know, if they hear that all the time, they're going to be like, well, they can't do math. Why can I do math then? Right. You know? But you well, could, Henry's already, yeah, he's already recognized that. Yeah. I've been like, why can't you do it? So, it, you know? Yeah. So, so let's talk about some ways that you can, like, other things you can say instead of, oh, we're oh, doing, we're I doing, can't help you. We're doing therapy now. <laughs> no, um. No, I was thinking about it. Yeah. It's like, I mean, you can, um. Yeah, I think I, having the growth mindset instead of a fixed mindset. Have right. you ever read the Growth Mindset book by Carol Dweck? I haven't, but I was going to say a similar book mm-hmm. to you called The Danish Way of Parenting. Have you heard of it? Um, and so it talks about, like, and, and Danish people are, you know, statistically the happiest people in the world. Um, but it's because they have a growth mindset as, as parents. So they don't ever say, you are so smart. But if you, you can be so smart. Mm-hmm. When you work hard, this yeah. is what happens. Yes. So there's never, like, this fixed mindset yeah, yeah. on these defined labeling qualities from, from a young age. It's not how they parent. Um, so that when you were saying that earlier, I was I am a very fixed mindset person over stuff like that. I mean, if, again, I want if I fail at it, like, once or twice, I probably won't approach it again. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and I don't, I don't want the kids to be like, thank, thankfully, they're all way better at math <laughs> than I was at a young age. But, um... I credit Jordan with that, but you know, you're right. I mean, I think they I think probably that's... should see me engaging. I mean, I, I have all boys, as you know, but I think, man, even for them, that's important for them to see mm-hmm. that not all girls are bad at math. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they, Henry only has two girls in his class and it's a small, it is a very small class. There's only, I think eight or nine. Um, but still, I mean, to uh, he needs to see me interacting, and I don't do math with him. I'll be honest with you. I that's don't. <laughs> I avoid it. You like can you can have the other parent do that, and that's fine. But just like I mean, you can cultivate a growth mindset in any area. It doesn't right. have to be mathematics, and it can transfer over to when they get to a struggle in math. So right. I think that is definitely. He I think can that be a lot like help. me too in yeah. that area. That if he approaches something and fails, he doesn't yeah. like to try it again. And I do see Look a lot of that. that with him yeah yeah a lot of people like are that way here. so it's okay but yeah no I that's interesting that you I'm glad you did I, I, <laughs> but I, it is not and I, I don't mean I don't want to just like blame you but I'm seeing that no. in a lot of the parents that's true that I'm tutoring sometimes mm-hmm. um I'm not tutoring the parents the parents of the kids that I'm tutoring <laughs> maybe sometimes. some of them need tutoring too you can tutor me <laughs> yeah so um no that's yeah, very true that's, that's a very good point that's a very good point I came away from the mic, so that may have gotten really quiet. Um, so I'm going to go into a lightning round of questions with you real quick. But what tips do you have, since we kind of got on that track, what tips do you have about interacting with your kid over math, your own kid over math and their homework? Because homework in our house traditionally over just not just math is, oh, man, it's an all-out yeah. smackdown. Homework is hard battle which is exactly why I have the homework help hour yes. because I know it is just 
about it can be a battle sometimes so I think to do a lot of planning on the front end and just like even when they're real little like just start the habit of like this is the expectation and you're gonna do you're gonna come home this, this is your routine you're gonna play eat a snack whatever but then this is homework time right. and we and we get it done so I yeah I don't I I mean I'm, my kid's only two right. so right. I haven't I don't have any personal experience with as a homework parent, time as right. a parent yet so ask me in like five years yeah, <laughs> yeah 10 years we'll see how that goes yeah but I mean I'm sure that can only help having a routine and a specific time and a specific place to do homework could be helpful too yeah sometimes. I have found that that is with Henry you know when they know like okay when I sit at this desk I can be focused because I don't have all my toys sitting around me to play with <laughs> oh man you no. know see for Henry it's just such a he can go upstairs like he he's pretty disciplined about coming home and doing homework but David is the one that just will go off and and I mean I mean cannot focus anything comes into his attention field and it's he's gone it's it's so much like me that it hurts it's very painful to watch this take place (laughs) and just the drama and the absolute narcissism in this I just I made myself and I'm paying for it (laughs) so he 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 just he's very hard to keep him on task like tonight he was just finishing up because they had soccer when you when you came Mm -hmm. for the interview um and thankfully, we've been in here for, I don't know, six days now. Nicole doesn't have... She's, she's officially left her family and is now <laughs> moved into my closet because I did not push record on the first interview. Bless your heart for sticking around. I mean... It's fun. Good grief. I've literally imprisoned her in my closet. <laughs> she can't escape. But now we're in the lightning round. Okay. So, there's going to be like three questions that you're just going to answer that are just like, you know, fluff questions. Um, so, what are you reading right now? Knowing God by J.I. Packer. Just just started it. Nice. Days. Okay, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Do, do you like it? How far into it are you? Not very. Not very. <laughs> do you like it so far? I do. Yeah, I do. yeah. I'm it's, excited. That's a good one. Um, so, what is your favorite place for a date night? Now, this can be locally or it can be that you've ever been. You oh. can, or you can give me one Ooh, local. I'll give you both. Okay. Yes. So um, probably our favorite place right now in Sumter is the side um, sidebar. Yeah. Yes. Sidebar. Yes. And Josh likes to order hush puppies before he like even Those sits are so down. Because they're so good. Not on the menu yeah. anymore, but we've still been able to order yeah, them. So. They're so good. I would recommend that with the comeback sauce. They have a mean black bean bur- burger, and I know the bartender there. Mm-hmm. Um, she her her daughter goes to the boys' school. Cool. Um, and she was also one of David's. Uh, teachers when he was in like 3k and then our favorite date place ever would be um this little cafe in korea it was like new soon after we started dating and we went to it and it was just like the coolest feel i don't even really know how to describe it but they had pictures all over the wall there's upstairs there's a downstairs um <laughs> that's actually where Josh took me before we got engaged, Aww. and they gave us like free pancakes and free Aww, apple cider so and stuff on this cold rainy night. So, oh, do you think you guys will ever go back there? Maybe for like a ten year anniversary? Oh, How romantic I would that be? So. Yeah. yeah, and go back and go. Like, I would all love the, to. All your old haunts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, why do I say stuff like that? No one <laughs> says all your old haunts. Like, where do I get this stuff? I don't know. It's just like a mixture of I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I get nervous. I don't know if my brain stops. I don't know if it's left over. Now, I would blame the stroke that we discussed, but it's, I've been always been like this. I've always been like this. There's no excuse. Um, okay, so last question. What is a word of grace that you can give? 
And this is something that, now, because this is like the first time that I've introduced this question, um, just to give the listeners kind of a runaround of what it is, it's a um, something that you've learned in life, an encouragement to someone, something the Lord's been teaching you. And it's just um, a way to give peace to somebody that might be listening. So recently, um, I've been learning about just wondering about God and like being just full of wonder because he is so wonderful. Like to think about and how big he is and just contemplate how great God and Christ are and what Christ has done for us. And that's just been something God's been really teaching me and I think a lot of our church family recently. So I wanted to share this quote from Knowing God that I read. So it says, No subject of contemplation will tend more to humble the mind than thoughts of God. But while the subject humbles the mind, it also expands it. He who often thinks of God will have a larger mind than the man who simply plods around this narrow globe. Wow. I just thought that was cool because we've talked so much about wonder that it's humbling, mm-hmm. but it's also expanding. Yeah. How good is God? Yeah. How great is the Lord? Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. No, I think, and I had just been reading, like, I think we live just, that makes me think of, of something else that I had just kind of been running around in my mind. We're doing a wonder series in uh, our small group, which we I think we had discussed or brought up, but I can't remember if it was this interview or the last one. Sorry, listeners. Um, but I, I think, man, there's been so many things just, just that not not only that we've been reading about or learning about in small group or in church, but they've just have been coming at me in personal study and thinking, man, we live just such small lives, such small protected lives, and it's just, just basically the white American church. We live such small, isolated lives, and how much bigger uh, God is, and the church oh, yeah. as a body is, and how much do, that he wants us to be excited. He wants mm-hmm. us to be adventurous and brave and just go out and really enjoy life and the fullness of it and really love each other in just big, crazy ways. All um, glorifying to him. Yes, yeah. and just all bringing the glory to him and just to show people what the joy of the Lord looks like. Just And not, not by perfection, yeah. not by trying to be perfect or by trying to do things, like point um, people to God all the time with a sign on the street. Not like that, but just... People see something in Christians that just lights them up. And I think that's that's just where it starts in people, just lighting a fire for the Lord and, mm-hmm. and just the way that you live with joy. Um, and you are a joyful person. Thank you. You are a very joyful person. And thank you for um, spending this uh, entire evening with me. You're going to be so <laughs> tired. You have to wake up in the morning. What are you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> It'll be great. Yeah, I have to chastise you for spending this I'm time I'm excited. Thank you yeah. for having me. No, I am so glad that you came. Like I said, I cannot think of a better person to get people fired up about math. Yay, go And math. you're just such an inspiration. <laughs> you're an inspiration to me. Well, thank you. <laughs> so I had fun with you both interviews, um, and I just, I do want to apologize to you and the listeners again, because my goodness, who doesn't push the proper button? Like, oh my goodness. You know, there have been times, I have to throw this in here real quick, there have been times where I have gone to a photo shoot and, and taken like three photos with the, with no memory card in, I've done that once or twice, and I've taken the first photo with the lens cap still on. <laughs> I'm like, guys, I don't know. I can't explain myself. I don't know why God made me, but (laughs) here I am in all my glory (laughs) to bring wonder. That's what I'm here for. Hey, that's not a chime. That's me hitting the microphone again. (laughs) But that is going to close us off. So thank you, Nicole, for joining us. Thank you.